Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, welcome to 2024, the space year 2024. This is the inaugural episode of this fine year and I hope it's a good year. I hope it's a better year than last year because I always hope the next year is better than last year because that's always a nice way to live. This time in the podcast, I've got an interview with James of the Slow Cooked Bears. We went into the studio last year to do a very special session where we did it completely live, so there's no overdubs whatsoever, and it was recorded to, I was going to say film, recorded to cameras, and they put out a series of videos on their YouTube channel, as well as putting it out on Spotify. It's a really interesting and unique release, not something I've really ever been involved with before. And I just wanted to chat with James about how it worked, why they wanted to even do it this way, um, chatted about things that they do maybe better next time, things like that, and how the session nearly got derailed. It's a really kind of wide-ranging chat about this very specific project. If you want to go see it or hear it for yourselves, then click on the link in the show notes, and there are links there to the Spotify page and to their YouTube channel where you can see the whole thing. And I'm just going to say, on with the interview. So today on the podcast, I'm joined by James of the Slow Cook Bears. James, how are you? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. Um, it's it's the end of December as we speak. With, oh no, beginning of December, sorry. And um, yeah, it's cold, so I'm <laughs> just trying to keep warm. <laughs> very much. Yeah. But good? Still alive? Doing well? Yeah. Yeah, just about. <laughs> Don't sound convinced. <laughs> well. Um, so my first question for you as always, it's from an online random question generator. So, the, f- the the question for you this week is, what food can you not stand? Oh, um, there's not much I won't eat, actually. I, I'm not very fond of offal, though. You know, the, the uh, organy bits. Um, I mean, I can't blame you there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Offal. Yeah. <laughs> Anything but offal. Anything. Yeah. I, I think also I've... Um, at work and things, some people have mispronounced my name because my, my second name's Gilbert. I've been called Giblets before, so I think that that cuts quite deep. Oh. So, um, yeah, Mental so scum. offal and, and giblets, similar sort oh, of things. Okay, it's not my thing. So right, okay, no offal, no giblets. <laughs> Apart from that, yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So, so liver and onions is right out. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell you the story, but my 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 mother-in-law and her family they love liver and onions. And it got cooked for me once. And I kind of just quietly said to my wife, I was like, no, <laughs> never again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you have a word on the QT? And they did. And they've never <laughs> yeah. made it me ever again. <laughs> Maybe that's, is that going to make it into the podcast? Do they listen? <laughs> uh, no, they do not listen. I think, I, think they're good. I think they're safe. And if they do, I'll find out. I'll find out. It's a journey of discovery. Wow. Okay. Not expect that. <laughs> Did not expect to talk about that. So, um, on to more kind of prescient things. Um, mm. You recently had a, a release come out, have you not? Yes. Um, I don't know when this is going to go out, but uh, as we're recording this, it it literally went out two days ago, um, and had had some help from some some great people, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. <laughs> Who, who, who are um, those great people? <laughs> well, I, let's start with the uh, the video side. I, I had a couple of friends that um, 
came over and spent the whole day with us in the studio uh, recording videos live and uh, also um, yourself who <laughs> helped us actually record it and and then go on and, and mix and master it so um, yeah <laughs> what a coincidence that we're wow. on a podcast talking about Welcome. this <laughs> Welcome. so I think it's, it's interesting because it's one of those kind of um, live in the studio kind of ideas but i guess it was really inspired and kind of driven by the video side of it i'm gonna say so where did the kind of idea come about where did, why why did you want to do this kind of thing so um i we've released a few singles now um and that was fine and um we wanted to do something different uh the world's kind of going in this direction of everything being um very heavy production um heavy photoshopped um you know it's not that it's inauthentic but we kind of wanted to show uh something very real and show was an important part of that so we wanted to do something different we wanted to bring people into the studio we wanted to track it live make it an experience and make it something you could watch at the same time as listen to um and some of that came from uh, the way I find uh, a lot of music because um, I do find things through Spotify and things like that. But I find increasingly I'm finding bands through things like KXP, uh, which is a radio station in uh, America. They they have a a channel, a YouTube channel where they um, show bands playing live, and there's other ones like Audio Tree. Um, etc etc there's, there's a bunch of them out there um but you see the bands they play live and i i find i connect with them because it's a very visceral experience like you're seeing them there's no smoke and mirrors it's them and if you like their sound you kind of know you're going to like them and if they're, if they're playing around the corner i want to go and see that um so the idea was to capture that uh, same feeling from us um and yeah give unprecedented access i guess mm. i think it it worked <laughs> like it was one of those weird things for me where um you know i recorded it and went away and mixed it and mastered it and stuff like that and then it was only right at the very end of it where i saw what it actually looked like and i went oh cool it's very surreal in a way but really really cool i suppose it was surreal for you because you were kind of behind the desk and maybe not always watching what was happening in the room, if that makes sense, because you were on the, the faders, etc. Um, and then actually, you know, when when you're recording, you're in a separate room. And then all of a sudden, you actually saw it from the point of view of actually being in the recording room. So that must have been crazy surreal for you. <laughs> so you have this idea, you have this kind of, I don't want to call it a dream, but you have this plan. Um, how did you go about planning it? What was kind of the next stage um, for getting that kind of thing in motion? So you are in some ways limited by, you know, when, when you're a, an unsigned band and uh, you haven't got massive budgets, you, you know, I'm, I would love to have gone and rented out, I don't know, like a very interesting, I don't know, aircraft carrier or something to, to go and record on and do something ridiculous. Um, but sometimes those constraints actually help form the art as well. Uh, and uh, we decided to um, go into the studio and what we thought was how 
as you said, logistically, that's that's actually a bit of a challenge because uh, people walking around filming is a problem sometimes for the recording of the audio. And similarly, where you position things for audio doesn't look great on film. So it is, to be honest, it's a bit of a nightmare and you have to make compromises somewhere. Um, and we decided pretty early on, uh, I think between me and you actually, that the 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 most important thing was going to be the sound. So um, the placement of where we were in the room uh, the video was going to have to come second in terms of what looked good because what sounded good was absolutely fundamental and that's the main experience and this is also going out as uh, a recording that's being streamed. Um, so I know you can talk more about the placement of things because you know that's your area Phil. I, I, you know, I, I, can't, uh, <laughs> I can't speak to that um, but we decided pretty early on we were going to adhere to that um, I spoke to you and I said, do you know um, a good location where we can do this? And you said, yes, I've got um, a recording studio down the road uh, that's well equipped for this. It has quite a big live room. Um, so I organized that with you. And um, I'm quite lucky to leverage uh, some friends that work in video. Willing slaves. Um, not slaves, um, friends, definitely friends. Um uh but again i think that's really important actually if if you've got people around you that have skills you know ask them to help you out and and more often than not if it's something interesting then then they're going to come and and give you a hand and you can save a few bob absolutely that's that's a helpful a helpful side uh side benefit of knowing these knowing the right people isn't it cool so you you, you had a conversation with these people and went what do you think? <laughs> yes, well, I mean, the other side to that is, as I said, I, I work them. So I, I actually work in video myself as, as my, uh, okay, is music my side hustle or is my job my side hustle? I don't care. Uh, but anyway, um, my, the other side of my life is video. Um, so I had, a, I had a rough idea of what the challenges were going to be, I guess. Um, and I, I, I spoke to them about securing the equipment, but... Um, I had uh, kind of formulated a plan in my head of how we were going to sync it all up, um, which had quite a big ramification on discussions I had with you. This project, I guess, was quite interesting, and I guess that's why we've decided to do this podcast, right? I mean, um, we were thinking click or no click, and click track uh, sometimes takes away from the live feel, but then a click track does mean we can sync things up to video easier. And if there is anything anywhere that needs to be moved around. So things like that came up quite early on. And yeah, if you're going to do something like this, you kind of need someone to think through both sides and how that's going to be matched up and synced up. I mean, I mean, I guess the, the decision about click track was also um, inspired by the fact that you, you had to, so we did several takes of each song, didn't we? And then you had several lots of video that you could choose from and then and then if you use a click you can obviously have it all match up yeah and we're um i mean with the live things people do speed up and slow down i was okay with it being to a click because at the end of the day some people play live to a click as well there's 
plenty of drummers that have samples and things that play out live and um we're lucky enough as a band um i mean we probably still don't do it enough but uh we practice sometimes uh to a click um it's you know I, I think it's important it helps you iron out some things sometimes where you might be speeding up and slowing down where you maybe shouldn't be uh and we were lucky because i think we've got quite a natural affinity with it you know um we're not we're not bang on but it's it can be a challenge for some musicians and if if it really was going to be a massive challenge and ruin the recording maybe i would rethink that and think of a different way of syncing it up um but for us it it just made sense in the end i mean the whole video of it was video side of things was uh to be blunt was no concern of mine <laughs> i wasn't there worried how, how i was going to get the video to sync up but um yeah in terms of audio and kind of getting the right thing clicks can help in that regard as well yeah i i think that was maybe um something that i didn't regret um is that you were separate you were focused on the audio and i was uh, a little bit separate and focused on the video if that made sense and having as long as we weren't treading on each other's toes and we discussed how what things were going to be a problem for each other it kind of made sense that there was a one person focused on each on each thing um and it got synced up at the end maybe that wouldn't work for someone else but i, I think it worked well for us in this case i thought it did <laughs> today um <laughs> yeah no i think it worked great so you guys, in the end, you had, um, let me think, six songs that we did and let you all into a secret. Um, they were all in that. That was that was a day we did. We did six songs in a single day, which to some people sounds mad. <laughs> and I think from my perspective, it all comes down to being well rehearsed, because being well rehearsed means that you can just sort of reel off these songs, essentially. Was was that a big part of your thinking, kind of going into it, making sure that you just knew each song inside out? We we do. We To be honest, we kind of got to a point with some of them where we'd played them so much, um, they're in the back of our head anyway. Um, even though even though we were really rehearsed, I do actually remember uh, the first song we flew through and we were like, oh, this is going to be such an easy day. And I remember the second one, uh, I remember the lyrics through me and we had to go through two or three takes before we kind of, you know, to to get it right. And then it was like, okay, well, what's going to happen <laughs> for the rest of the day? But luckily, luckily it was fine. Um, and uh, yeah, I... I I think being well rehearsed is like absolutely essential, even if you're not doing it this way. Like even if you're going to tackle a song in, I don't know, maybe a week, like just being well rehearsed just makes things smooth and you can focus on performance and, and not so much on uh, just, you know, not making a mistake. Did you find that was quite difficult? Like, because obviously it's quite a different mindset performing to recording the best take of a song as it were so did you find it was quite mentally difficult to balance those two things not too much the um because when you when you when i play live a, a gig i 
I tend to try and play as best as I can, um, and I am focused on that at the same time as performing. So in this case, I found like there was maybe a bit more of the percentage of my brain thinking about that as opposed to the performance. Um, uh, whereas if it was live, I would be thinking, well, maybe you know if something does go wrong, it might not be recorded, so maybe no one would see it. But there's always people in a room with a phone these days, anyway. So I guess you're always on the clock. So I found it's not that different. the The funny thing that actually uh, threw me was at the beginning of the songs, I, I was announcing uh, for you, but also for the the video and and for me later when I'd go and edit it, I was announcing what take it was, what song it was. Um, and that was actually throwing me because that was just one extra thing too many to think about, uh, before performing the song. Uh, and I think that's where I, where it broke down on that second song. So my, my one thing, my one key takeaway from this, I think would be that I would have had one extra person that acted as not an audio producer, but a, a sort of a video not direct and kind of half director, half producer, where they're announcing what the take is, they're checking the cameras are running, and they're focused on that. I, I think I tried to do just a little bit too much um, on my own, um, but as you know, there's always uh, things that restrict you when you're in a project like this. So, <laughs> so I think um, the the way of recording, the way we did it on the day, is a bit more i guess old school so you know if you were there in the 1960s that is how you would have recorded a song in that way everyone in the room that is the take and do it for as many times as you need to get the right take um in fact there's a beatles song i know of where they took them 19 takes to get it so you know you never got that far don't worry <laughs> i don't think we made it into double figures no, ever. no i was never I'm happy figures. about that I was very happy about that i was i won't lie i was worried for a minute on that second song that it that we were going to get there but we pulled it back um so I, I guess you know it's a it's a very different style to the way a lot of people are used to um certainly nowadays where you tend to do things kind of one instrument at a time um how did you find that kind of recording do you prefer it or was it just different to you i found it exciting um because yeah these days as you said everything's done separately and and the chance to to get to do it uh, as if you are on stage and in that mindset, I I think it brings something extra to the performance. It 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 takes away it, everything is a balance, isn't it? So it takes away some of the accuracy and and things that um uh, are there. But it it was fun and it was different, and that's important um, to us. I I don't that was a major driving thing in this a project was not to just do something we've already done and even though as you said this is an older way of recording having every musician in the live room that takes the take um the, and and people have done these sort of live videos like i said with kxp but our way of doing it was unique to us um and the and the release schedule was unique to us so that was really uh important doing doing something different for us and and for people that listen to it as well like so i enjoyed it would i do it again yes um do i want to do it the next time we do something maybe not but 
but purely because I want to do something different again, you know. I don't know what that is yet, but <laughs> I, lo- I like, yeah, for us and for the people that listen to us. Um, I, I find it an interesting point you said about um, it not necessarily being as accurate just because you're all kind of together and you all have to get the take right, as it were. And, and I, I, I'm not going to argue with that as such, <laughs> um, but I would I would take an issue. Oh, no, take an issue is too dramatic. I would point out that the harshest critic of your music is yourself by a million miles. And something to you, something that to you sounds like a terrible mistake to maybe lots of other people listening sounds really cool. Time and time again, musicians have been asked in interviews like, oh, why, you know, why did you do that particular thing in that song? Why did it go that way? That's a really cool moment. And they'll go, oh, I didn't really mean to do that. that was a mistake. And I think it's, it's important to get into your head that sometimes the mistakes that you can do aren't necessarily bad <laughs> for your music and they can add to the vibe of it. It's really important. Yeah, I mean, in terms of mistake mistakes, there's not there's not a lot in in those really. Um, uh, I think there are things maybe vocally that, you know, if it was done in isolation, uh, I probably would have redone. Um, so in, in that sense... Uh, and I think vocals are different to other instruments. Um, you know, uh, playing guitar is you, you kind of have the guitar and that's your voice and, um, and how you do your effects and things. That's the color of your, of your, you know, of your paint or whatever. And that, you know, people react to that. But when you sing, if your voice isn't in top condition, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's off and, um, the nature of what we did, you know, as I said, the first song we flew through and I was, I was really happy with the vocal takes. Once we'd done the second one, uh, it had taken a little bit out of me and maybe if we'd had longer uh, and we were doing multiple takes, I, you know, I would have done things differently. But this was a live visceral experience, so that's what you get and that's what's interesting. But it, that's what I mean. It was a balancing act between the two. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where if you as a musician or musicians are considering this kind of approach, make sure you've got, how do I put this? Make sure you've got someone like me. Make sure you've got an engineer who can listen to the music, who's maybe not necessarily heard it much before, who can objectively go, that was a good take. Um, that can be really helpful. I think I can take the pressure off musicians in a way to kind of try and work out if something's good or not. Um, no, I remember that on, on the day, actually, we we had that sort of experience where um because you can't always tell like listening and 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 playing the song are two totally different things and when you listen back you sometimes go and especially when you listen back like say a month later if you listen back to it on the day you might still think it's not good because you're just focused on what's what you've just done and you you can't you can't see past certain things but when you listen to it fresh a month later you're like oh actually that that was really good and as you said you need someone in the room that that's listening to it and, and can say you know with with authority um and when I say authority, I don't mean they tell you what to do. I mean, they feel confident in their own ability to know what's a good take and what's not a good take. I was going to say, did I have authority? <laughs> <laughs> Never. That was me in there. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd have known, I'd have... <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> fair enough. So you think it was a, overall a really kind of positive experience and 
yeah how um how have people reacted to it so far how have people taken it um it's been interesting which songs are sort of performing well actually um people uh have reacted to um the third song which i didn't think they would i think it was the one that you said was your favorite actually uh wonderlust oh yeah um and it is it's a it's a very clean song it's a little bit of a departure in some ways of most of what we either do uh, we otherwise do um uh, and they've also really reacted to the song that was the newest of all of them which was uh polly which is the fourth one which uh, that was nice <laughs> to, to have that because okay our newest song uh, on there was was counted as okay we must be moving in the right direction <laughs> um but yeah it's been it's been really positive i mean we we're not we're not a band with uh thousands of fans so we're not uh setting the world on on fire yet um uh but <laughs> the people that have seen it um have found it uh unique which yeah that's good enough for me <laughs> I find it interesting that it's two totally different styles of song that people have reacted to. Because Wonderlust, I, I, I actually um, now now I kind of think back on it, like the, the the take that we got had a lot of emotion in it, especially in your singing actually, which was really good. And then Polly was just the word I've got is visceral. <laughs> um, mm. I think when you hit that first chord, and it's really um, I'm going to say it's fuzzy, is it? I think you got a fuzz on it. And it's yeah. really kind of almost like a blown out sound. That was like one of my favorite things when I was mixing it, actually. I just went, oh, that was really cool. I guess I guess that speaks to what it was because it was a, a live recording. So the ones that maybe captured the most emotion are the ones that, which is, is funny as well, because again, and this goes back to what we just said. I hope when you edit this, you don't <laughs> edit this out of sequence because I've just totally messed that up if you do. <laughs> when we when we spoke before about um you being in the room and saying what was a good take etc uh, i think when we did wonderlust it was after the second song and i'd maybe lost a little bit of confidence at that point in the day you know uh and i was a bit worried about my singing uh, but you just said oh that was a very emotional take on the singing so maybe maybe something having been taken away maybe helped in a different way i don't know and and i think polly uh was also quite an angry song so maybe uh, some of that frustration went out that way as well um so yeah interesting uh interesting thoughts interesting times so kind of taking a step back a bit um what happened after recording so obviously i mixed and mixed and mastered it and we went through kind of the revisions process etc etc um how was it kind of putting together the video so you obviously have your audio etc and things like that but how did you find um arranging several different takes to make it kind of work and look like that is kind of a multi-camera video of one take as it were yeah so um as i said i, I work in video so i've got um i use premiere pro which is a, an adobe uh, video package um and i got the tracks from you uh, and then on the cameras, we actually had uh, little onboard mics and the sound wouldn't be usable for uh, anything, but that sound can be used 
to um, sync um, the music. And because we did it to a click, uh, all the beats, you know, I, I can make it match up. Um, and uh, I, it actually has the ability to do it. You can do something called multicam sync. Uh, in this case, I didn't do that. This is getting a bit technical, but um, I actually, this will sound funny to you, but I actually looked at the waveform. I could see uh, where, the, where the beats were at the beginning, and it was fairly easy just to actually line it up manually, um, visually, by looking at where, where the waveform was, where the beats were. Um, and as you said, this we took multiple camera angles, so the songs were, were um, for the most part, like a single, a single take of a song, and I knew which take related to which video. We had two cameras that were roaming around. I knew which song replate, uh, related to which take, but um, the other angles were also useful. And again, because it was to a click, in most cases, the drums were in sequence. Like the only times where something maybe I couldn't use uh, might be just something vocally, you know, lip sync, even just being slightly off can can throw something off so but in most cases it just gave me options visually to cut to something maybe more interesting than than just staying on on the one person so um i had layers of video and i, I was just looking for what was the most visually interesting thing at that moment uh, and trying to do that uh, in an unbiased way that wasn't just me all the way through <laughs> every single guitar part oh that's interesting that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 it's kind of the opposite. I try and put myself in the least, but uh, nah. <laughs> the other two would take issue. It's a bit difficult to do when you're the lead vocal. I kind of separate myself from my mind, body, and soul. <laughs> it's very philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> More expected this to go again, but there we go. Wow. Cool. I mean, I, I, from my perspective, for what it's worth, I, I properly enjoyed it, and... I think it was a really cool way to record because you go in at the beginning of the day with, in terms of audio, with nothing. And then we came away with six songs, which was more than I expected to be able to do in a day, um, which is testament to how well rehearsed you were, to be honest. Um, but it's just, it was just, when you get going, it's really quick, I found. What I found strange, so we, um, being completely open and honest, I, I think we'd, I'd been speaking to you uh, before it and and we thought between the two of us we might manage five um and you said to me we should prioritize the ones that you really really want to so think think more like three four if we get five done that was good and maybe maybe have a six one but that's that's going to be sort of optimistic with with the times that we've got because you know once you've set up for the recording which that takes a long time uh, for anyone that's not recorded. It takes a long time because you're getting everything perfect at the beginning. It takes a couple of hours at least. Um, so once those those few two two hours or whatever it is is gone, you know, and and you've got your set down at the end as well, uh, you don't have that much time to actually crack through a, a song or however many songs you want. So when, once we um, did them, the thing I found interesting, as I said, we. The first one we flew through, the second one was a bit of a challenge and threw us off. And then, as you said, the, uh, the third and fourth one, full of emotion. The fifth one, we kind of kind of got back on track. And then we, it was kind of like, okay, we have actually got the time to like 
get this extra one in and then set down. And so um, it was just an interesting like kind of wave of, of what it was. I would not have expected to, you know, I don't maybe expect the first one to go wrong or maybe towards the end, but not like the second one is, I would not have banked on having <laughs> any, any trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think probably psychologically, it's probably because you um, got the first one banked so quickly and you and you were all going, oh, you know, this is great. It's going to be easy. And then obviously, the, you know, th- then you just start to think about it. I think that's the problem. Like you start to think about it and you can get, I mean, it wasn't this, but you can get red light syndrome where you start to know you're being recorded and really think about it and go, oh no, I better do this bit right. And then you do it slightly wrong. And then before you know it, it's all going wrong. I mean, I think um, for anyone who's kind of considering this, if you find yourself in that position, the best thing to do can be to take a break. Because I, I seem to remember, and I may be misremembering this, that partway through the recording of that song, after one of the takes, we stopped for lunch. Partly because it was lunchtime, but also just to kind of go, we just need to sit down for a bit and chill out. And I think that that also helped to find the right take in the end. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the strange thing was it um, it wasn't particularly as a band, although it must have thrown the other two. It was mostly me, like I said, with the lyrics. They'd just gone. And then once something like that happens in your head, it's it's hard to to break through that as a as a mental barrier. So yeah, definitely taking a break uh is is sage advice, I think. Cool. I mean I guess my, my kind of only question I've really got left for you, unless there's anything else you would like to say, um feel free. Um is what are your next plans for the band? What you what are you kind of thinking of the next steps? Just out of curiosity. Uh so we're um, to to be honest, in parallel to doing this, we were already writing new songs <laughs> i think you're always when you're in a band there's just like when people see the final output there's just a very nice timeline of oh they released this then they released this then they released this and everything looks very orderly um but i that's not how things well it's definitely not how things work in our band like uh, there's there's you know there's several songs ahead uh we're working on and um those songs at the moment have um we've gone in a slightly new direction and uh musically they're a bit more challenging for us so they're taking a bit longer to actually uh, flesh out and to, to be able to actually play what we've got in our head <laughs> like some some of what we're doing is is pushing us over the edge uh, musically um so we're we're writing those uh and hopefully going to start performing them soon and testing them out um We've got some new ideas in terms of um, what the next round of the band kind of looks like. So when I say looks like, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the imagery of of a release and and photography. Like everything is kind of linked. Like you you um, advice for the bands out there. Actually, like when something I've learned is. Uh, and we haven't done this very well yet, but when <laughs> when you make a release, it's good to have a sort of a theme that's running through everything. It's running through your photographs, it's running through the music, it's running through bios. It's everything's very much like a one big um, not product because that sounds like something commercial, and that's not what this is. But it's it's uh, it's linked artistically, and um, so we're working on that. We're we're very early early stages of um band 2.0 i think i think we were talking about that the last time we were on the podcast <laughs> um but yeah 
moving in a new direction musically. Um, and yeah, we'll see what that brings. Uh, th- again, this project, like I said, was something different because we'd just done three singles um, and wanted to do something different. And now I think we'll want to do something different again. And that's not because uh, we didn't enjoy this. We did. We loved it. But it's, uh, it's, I, I always want to innovate. And I, I think that's important uh, to keep it interesting for you. They're very important. So I guess um, it's left for me to ask which of um, the songs you would like to play at the end of the podcast so we can show the boys and girls. I'm going to vote for Polly. Uh, I'll let you, if you if you want to say Wonderlust, <laughs> I'll let you say that as well. It's your music, I'll let you choose. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, go, let's go with Polly. Excellent. Well, this is Slow Cook Bears with Polly. Uh, James, it's been really great to talk with you. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for um, all your help with the actual <laughs> recording. It's been a long saga. It's kind of culminated with this podcast about it so um yeah thank you very much for having me to the town and see your face I take out my right hand and you say what's the draw? I don't know what you're looking at me for when you don't have a job and you're not very funny I take life like there's nothing to lose, you hear Polly Polly's got a shotgun, she's got a shotgun she's got a shotgun that's gonna be it Polly's got a shotgun she's got a shotgun For a ride, you said I was just a whore. You said you're big time, and you put me at the wall. Don't care what you're gonna do when you cut like you do. You hear Polly. Polly's got a 